This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 200. Oh, wow, I cannot believe I just said 200. So we're coming up on four years of podcasting the Colored Pencil Podcast. That's a long time, but I just want to say to you, thank you. You've been listening, and especially to those of you who have stuck with us and listened for all these years, thank you so much. It really means a lot to me. There are certain times out of the week that I know what I'm going to be doing even before that week gets here. For the past four years, I've done the same things every time during that time slot. I know I'm going to be either recording the podcast or I'm going to be editing the podcast or I'm going to be pushing the production files over to uh, the help that I have in uh, producing the podcast. I'm going to be looking for for the feeds. Um, There's so many things wrapped up into this, but the main ingredient in any of this ever happening is you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I am great today. I forgot to mention this to you before we started recording, but this is exciting because this is the 200th episode, and it just snuck up on me. Oh, I, I wow. don't know if you realize that. It was like, <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. Like, is it really 200? Oh, it is 200. Like, Wow. Okay. But Did you, you see, uh, speaking cool. of, that just reminded me, have you seen the new Colored Pencil Magazine, their 150th episode? Or yeah. issue, not episode. We're episodes. They're issues. Did you not open it? Because I have an article in it and you didn't even read it. You could have oh, my no. How to Draw a Goldfish Lesson. I did see that. That was the one from le- this past month, right? Yeah, from April. Sorry. Yes. Awesome. That was cool. Yeah. So both we've got our milestones. Colored Pencil Magazine had a milestone. We're all doing yeah. good now. That's really awesome. And I had an article in there. When was that? A couple of months ago, I guess it was. So and you very didn't cool. tell us. I forgot all about mentioning <laughs> it here. Anyway, if you don't have that magazine, it's really a cool magazine. And there's a link to it in the show notes to get a free issue of the magazine magazine. But I'm so excited, Lisa. This has been a commitment and a labor of love. And we're at the 200th. We've crossed over that threshold of 200 of releasing this every week for 200 consecutive episodes. And I I just think that's a that's a huge accomplishment. Um, And it, you know, it's been it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Very, very few podcasts ever hit that point. Very few podcasts don't. make it past a few months. They, they don't. Um, it's called pod fade. They just fizzle out. And, you know, I got to tell you, I've really loved doing this. It's sort of my brainchild from years ago. But it's you know, together we have we have accomplished this and we have motivated each other. I can't tell you all how many times Lisa and I've jumped on here and it's like, what are we talking about today? <laughs> we sit there for 30 minutes and sketch out a show um, and maybe a few. 
uh, to prepare, but it's it's been a lot of fun. And I just want to say thank you to you. And I know I probably don't say it enough. Thank you very much for listening. Um, and if you do like the show, it would be a huge favor to me if you go over to the show notes and you just tell us what you like about the show. Uh, just comment in the show notes. I would appreciate that. And it means a lot to Lisa and I to get some feedback on what we're doing. I hope that it's been helpful. And we don't plan on stopping either. No. So. You know, it's funny. I was not John's first choice as a co-host. <laughs> never going to let him forget that. You, you'll never forget <laughs> that, will you? you I will all, never forget. You, it's like your annual thing to bring it up. <laughs> oh, wow. So, I think all right. I'm very so, funny. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about investing in your art career. At what point should you invest more? And at what point should you just focus on your work and not dumping too much money into things, to, you know, all at once? FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, you it's squirrel. You can, you can chase all of these things, all these shiny object syndrome, you know, these shiny objects, shiny object syndrome. I'll, I'll, I'll throw in every, every expression I can think of <laughs> to describe this. But I mean, it, it really is true that you can just be distracted by all of these things rather than just getting to the heart of the matter. And again, that's sort of a fancy way of procrastinating. It's making allocations and reservations in your head about something and it's not necessarily true. You, you may be making excuses to yourself and saying, well, if I just had this or if it was just going this way or if just this, you know, you're justing too much. Yes. I did that so much myself when I first started with art. I kept thinking I would be more successful if I was putting more money into the business. If I yeah. had a better website, if I had this, if I had that, if I had a, an art store you know, studio located where someone could come in and buy stuff. It didn't right. even cross my mind that having those things was not going to increase sales at all. But I could be dumping so much money for what? For, you know, there's yeah. a time that you want to be putting money into certain things. And then there's a time that you want to focus on other aspects of your business. And if making money with your art, if that is your goal, yeah, you want to be focused, you know, paying attention to the business side as well as your artistic skill side at the same time. They, you want to grow those together, but you don't need to jump out and spend mm -hmm. your life savings on things. You know, there, there's a time that you can do that too soon and spend too much and it's not going to necessarily help you. Well, case in point, I mean, I, I sat at a desk uh, in an IT career thinking about a time when you know, I could leave Macy's. I worked for uh, the corporate office at Macy's uh, doing programming and IT related, um, you know, roles and project management and whatever else. And I remember thinking to myself, if I just had this 40 to 60 hours uh, to myself for my art business, if I just had that, it would make such a huge difference. And while we're on the topic, let me just say this really quick. So, you know, coming now from this side of things, looking back at, you know, that was over a year ago and looking back at a lot of things that transpired, I opened an art studio and classroom outside of my home, opened it and closed it within a year. And <laughs> probably many of you don't even realize that. I was so excited about opening that art studio and it was a great time um, of transition for me when I left Macy's and then I opened that and uh, there, there were things, though, there were expectations that I had in my mind that I thought would go a certain way, and they didn't. I thought it would be more profitable, uh, to be real honest about it, but it wasn't. And it was the right decision not to keep 
draining money, putting money into something that it was not making me money. Uh, my online courses, that's what keeps the lights on. Putting money into a physical location did not make any sense. And and I, I see uh, people do this and I see them doing workshops and physical things, a one-to-one type of teaching relationship with students. And I just I just wonder sometimes how they're making that work, because it's a very, very difficult uh, road. So anyway, I don't want this to be negative because there's a lot of positive things that I learned from that. And I I'm glad I did it. I learned a lot of things and, and it was fun and I had a good time and there's a lot of great things that came out of that. But that, I think, is a case in point. Do you have to you know, does that mean you're successful if you do something? that uh, you put up in your mind and you think, if I only did this or if I was able to just do this, you know, that's really our question here today. What What is that thing for you? There's so much you can do with a lot less. I mean, yeah. we give the you can get the impression if you watch like on social media where I'll share, I got these new set, another set of pencils. I have lots of pencils. I got a new laptop. I got a new computer. I got a new camera. I got a new, you don't, have to have every new thing, every updated top of the, you know, you don't have to have those things to make your business start. And if we back up to where I start, I didn't have any money. So I was very, you know, I couldn't take the money out of bills to buy the art supplies. So I had to very slowly save up for things and slowly add things to the things that I had. But so when you see people posting online, if you're somebody who's just getting started and you're seeing, oh my gosh, this person just bought that for their business and they just bought that. I'm never going to hit that point. That one, you probably, you can hit that point because trust me, I didn't start off buying these things. But two, you don't need all of the top of the line things. Now, starting off with art supplies, there are certain things that you do want to have good of, but you don't have to have every good pencil. Let's say you're interested in the Caran d'Ache Luminance and the Polychromos and the Derwent Lightfast and all of these pencils. Pick one. You don't have to go out and buy all of them. I mean, if you're listening to us, chances are you already have several of these. Right. But I mean, you don't have to have everything you of, of these pencils yes. and do amazing work with just 12 colors. You don't have to have everything available to you to one, create amazing artwork or two, start moving your career forward. So don't get discouraged every time somebody see, you know, posts a new pencil out there. You don't have to run out and buy them. You're probably going to want to if you're like me. I want all of them. But you don't have to to move your career forward. The same thing is true with paper, too. I mean, it, it might sound real fun and exciting to keep switching papers and to keep trying different papers, and it is. And I'm kind of like Lisa in that regard. I have to, I think I have to have every paper, <laughs> every pencil. But the th- And the thing is, it's true. Just go down... Uh, in the quantity, you know, don't don't get like the 500 pack or whatever. Don't buy because it's on sale 12 packs of whatever paper you think might just be the greatest thing ever or get the the uh, 200. I saw this on on Amazon the other day. It was a 200 and something dollar uh, variety pack of all the Stonehenge papers. Well, they also make a little mini artist pad set, and that one's pretty nice, but it's only like, I don't remember, 20 bucks, but there's also ones over $200. It's like you you make these concessions because you're thinking about the longevity of what you're doing. What is the death of a business? A business closes when it runs out of money. That's the same for your art career. If you're doing this not as a hobby, but as a career, you need to be profitable. You need to be generating income. That revenue then needs to be split up into your business. Buy supplies as you can afford them and as you're making use of them. 
don't just go out and grab things just because someone else has it. Uh, that's the worst reason to do it or just because you want it. You know, you've got a spending habit or that kind of thing or you're like me and you just think you have to have those things because it's colored pencil or it's paper and you might use it sometime. I've really curbed that appetite quite a bit lately. That's one of mine. I might need this. I have right, right. so many things that I might need someday. <laughs> I'm yeah, so bad yeah. about that myself. But I mean, I, yeah, and early on, I couldn't do that. I had to just get what I needed. The next, like frames. Frames was a big one for me yeah. when I started out. I wanted to get these super big, elaborate, expensive frames. You don't need that. With your, um, actually, one of the reasons that I, for so many years I focused on acrylic paintings is I could finish them and not have to frame them in order to display them at galleries. I could just paint the edges. Mm -hmm. uh, frames were really expensive back in the late 90s. You couldn't get like what we can see now uh, with open frames for canvases or even the the for us with colored pencil where we want to put it behind glass, those cost so much more at those locations that are even if I went to a frame shop, it would be beyond any money I could afford to pay. For yeah, things. custom frame, especially. Yeah, we're really lucky now that we can get these pre-made frames and they're like i know hobby lobby is like half price every other week for the ones with glass and then they'll alternate to open frames the opposite week but you can get way less expensive frames and i don't even recommend if it's not something you're hanging on your own wall don't put an arm and a leg into the frame get something simple usually in most cases not all a simple black or brown frame is going to look great as long as you mat it put a, a nice mat on it um that's going to make, I think, the biggest impact on the artwork itself. And then a frame, just something really simple because you don't want to distract from it anyway. And you don't know what the buyer is going to want. I would not run out and spend hundreds of dollars on a frame, some big no. elaborate frame. Again, unless it's going on your own wall and that's the frame that you wanted for your decor, don't go crazy on those. You don't need them to start out with. You, If you are displaying at art galleries and art shows, yes, you want to frame your work for sure. But find some of the less expensive routes. Uh, the pre-made ones are at Hobby Lobby and Michael's. So I recently, a few years ago, found out about FrameBridge.com. So if you're looking for some custom framing, they can do it very affordably. I've spoken uh, to them over the phone. They uh, And they'll set up an account for you as an artist if you guys are wanting to do this. And you'll get a discount, an ongoing discount with them. And so you use your own code each time. But what they will do, they... They supply you with custom frames, and they use all archival materials. They'll customize a frame to fit whatever it is you're going to send in to them, and they'll send you out the box even to, that you can send it back to them with a prepaid label. As soon as you send it to them, you can have it go directly to your client as well. I've done that a couple times now, and they've been thrilled uh, with the commission pieces that I've done. Because uh, you can pick from so many different varieties of frames. But anyway, another option. Just want to throw it out there. And you're not spending an arm and a leg. They start at $39. Bucks. Uh, you can get a nice large custom frame for around $79.99. Bucks. It's really inexpensive, but very can nice. Can you hear me clicking in the background? I'm on yeah. the website right now. I'm like, ooh, I have a it's custom pretty, an odd It's pretty size. cool. And you're supporting a, uh, a startup business that started several years ago. Uh, and I think that's really cool as well. Yeah. It'll look like you spent, you know, hundreds and hundreds or thousands of dollars, but you didn't. So mm -hmm. I just want to put that caveat in there that these are very, very nice frames. 
You don't have to spend the most to make your work look presentable no, when it's you just don't. for a gallery, for a show, for, you know, something Or like even that. a client. Yeah, because they're going to change out the frame yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. Let me just say about uh, drafting desks or any type of art desk that you're going to um, be spending money on or you're thinking about buying. I know a lot of artists, when they get started, though, just start on a table. You know, they're just starting on some type of table. You want to make sure, obviously, that it's going to be sturdy. It's not going to be uh, moving around or that it's subject to shaking and that kind of thing. But you don't have to have the very best desk to start out with. Once you start making a little bit of money in this hobby or this second career, if you're going in that direction, then just invest in a desk. Start save, you know, put a sinking fund together and start saving up for that desk that you're wanting. But it, it is an important item. But it shouldn't be something where you think you have to have, you know, just the the best desk that money can buy for what you're doing right now. Yeah, That'll and come all of later. us, we're all creatives. We all can come up with solutions to problems, we're mm-hmm. problem solvers, and we want to use that for all of the aspects of our art, not just the art itself, but our setup. For years, I had a regular, like my regular desk that my computer was on, I had come up with a setup that kept it from sliding around. It was a, st- a, a uh, what are they? The tabletop easels. Oh, yeah. And it worked. It was, mm-hmm. inexp- I spent $30 on the, the part that sat on the table and I put a rubber mat underneath so it wouldn't slide around. And it really did work. I now have a very expensive easel. It's like my dream easel. It's the only easel I'll probably have the rest of my life. But I didn't, that's not making my work any better. It's not going to improve my skill level. It's not going to improve my sales. It's not going to make buyers like, oh, I'm going to buy from her because she spent a lot of money on an overpriced diesel. Don't jump into the high end of, of things like that. When the smaller one that I was doing at home, the work I was producing on that one or at home on the last place that I lived on that desk, that work was just as good as the stuff on my overpriced diesel. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's not overpriced, but it is a very expensive one. It didn't make the work any better. So that's the other thing. Be aware of what, what things you're investing in are going to actually improve the art. You may want to invest in better pencils that can help your, your, art look better yeah, you know the type yeah, of pencils definitely. that make a difference the easel no as long as i'm sitting upright i'm going to be creative in how i set up a desk with a tabletop easel to make it work you know the absolute best for me maybe that requires me to have a setup of a few mason jars or heck even those little plant jar or um Pots, plant pots, little decorative things like that that I can put my pencils in so they're not rolling off the table. Get creative with your setup. You don't have to spend an arm and a leg. It's not worth, especially in the beginning, setting up an arm and a leg. If you see someone set up and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to run out and buy all those things to make my work good too. That's not the thing that's going to make your work good. Uh, knowing which things to spend money on and which things not to makes a huge difference. You you have to think about that. What is actually going to matter? And I, I know, Lisa, and I've talked about this in the past, but if you're thinking that, oh, man, a business card's really going to make a big difference, most of the time those get thrown in the trash. Yep. So you think about something that is actually going to aid you in whatever your goals are for your business. Fast forward the tape. Look five years down the road. What is it you want to be doing? in your business. How do you want your business to look and what do you want it to really be accomplishing in that amount of time? You have to fast forward that tape and that will tell you where your priorities should be. And sometimes it just needs to be something you write down. You write down these things physically on a piece of paper and then you figure out what the priorities are. All right, we need to move this along. Let's talk about prints now. So one of the next things that I really ran into a problem with early on in my career were prints. And again, back in the the late 90s, early 2000s, it was so expensive to have prints made. It wasn't like 
what we have now. I was having prints made. I was spending a lot of money. Then I have to store the prints and they may or may not sell. Now you have the option, especially early on when you're not ready to invest in like the giclés and the higher end prints that you're going to sell at shows. If you're going to sell at shows, you do want to, you know, get prints ready made. But if you're selling online, let's say through your website or on social media, there are so many printing companies out there right now. I use Fine Art America or Pixels. It's the same company. I use them to for print on demand. And all for me, I did upgrade to the $30. I think I pay like $30 a year for so I can have unlimited the amount of prints available versus let's say if you've only got 10 things to 10 different uh pieces of art that you want prints of, you're going to be able to do that for free on on Fine Art America. But you don't have to invest in that case. You don't have to invest any money to have prints available to your customers. It's a way that you can have them available without investing in the giclés and having the prints made and storing the prints. And that was a huge headache for me early on. Yeah, just high quality prints um, actually can work. Yeah. And I don't recommend necessarily printing, in most cases, printing off your own printer. I found that that gets way more expensive on ink than having somebody else print them for you. If you can find the right place to to do that, I and you're going to get usually higher quality with somebody else printing it for you. You have to have a very expensive printer in order to get really high quality prints, and then you're going to you know be limited size. There, there's just a lot of limitations I think to doing it yourself, and it ends up in many cases costing more. It's more of an investment to do it you know right. I was just going to say you made me think of this. There was a printer that actually is a Giclee printer that was affordable that you could do in your home. It was like, I don't remember, six to eight hundred dollars. The problem with it, I've spoken to artists who actually own that printer and were using it, but they said often it would mess up. It would just malfunction. It would spit out half done uh, pieces and things like that. Like, wow, the amount of that. Um, wow. That you're paying on that for the paper and the ink and oh everything. My. It was not. They were just talking about how it was not worth it. Or like they, they, you know, the ones that I sp- I spoke to two. I'll just be honest. I didn't speak to like twenty or a hundred, but that's what their experience was. Could have been you anecdotal, know, and that makes but, sense because know. every printer I've ever dealt with, you're going to have little hiccups like that. But when you're using that expensive of ink and the paper you're printing, then it, it matters on, a whole lot more. How much? Is that investment yeah. really worth? I would yeah. rather go with a company like I use G Clay today. I'm super, super happy with the results I got with them. Color, just to be fair, the color um, wasn't exact, exact, but I think yeah. it may have been my photo was a little bit dark. The prints looked better than the painting. Well, that's good. It ha- it worked in your favor then. Doesn't always. <laughs> Doesn't always. Yeah. But um, if it wasn't exact, you know, it's their problem to fix. Yeah, but it's your work. It's, that, they're going to eat the cost of any mistakes for. versus yeah, yeah. me having to eat the cost of the mistakes. So there's definitely some less expensive ways you can go. But just to get started right now, if you're right beginning and you want to have prints available of something, look into like Fine Art America, Pixels. Um, what is the, there's some other ones. Redbubble, yeah. I think is what, I've never used those. Yeah, I mean, if you do a Google them. search, you can find a lot of them. There's some local good boutique shops, though, that specialize in fine art printing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually for most bigger so cities, really, if it's you're gonna close depend- to one. It's going to depend. Do you want to invest money in it? Are you in a place where you want to put money into the prints or are you in a place where you want to make the prints available without putting any money out? And that's what's nice with the print on demand. I don't have to pay for shipping to the customer. If something goes wrong, that's all on Fine Art America's end. I am out of the equation equation altogether. So, you know, you've got options. You, If you're ready to invest a little bit, you want to get the the nicer she clays, you can go ahead and put money into it. But you can do it right now and not put any money into it. If they don't sell, you're not out anything. And I think you're hardly having to even think about it. About it. I mean, yeah. because it's done by that third party. It's a Not good like way me, to go. Who spent a thousand dollars on G Clay's and made back maybe 
oh, I don't know, th- 300, 400. Well, what would you, <laughs> but, but you learned from it. I mean, I did. Th- I did. And I got the like, plays. It's just that now I'm yeah, sitting on yeah. them. I've got to store them. Yeah. And I mean, they're good to have. But yeah, I mean, I was in a place business wise where I can afford to eat that cost. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do that early on in my career. And so and these are the things out. that you want to just keep in mind. And the nice thing with G Clay today, you can order one or two prints at a time and they also will do drop shipping. Yeah, so if somebody does nice. want the nicer ones, it's just kind of harder to incorporate that onto your website. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, websites are the next thing. When you're getting started, don't go pay hundreds or thousands of dollars for somebody else to pay set up a website for you. I actually recommend learning to do that sort of thing on your own anyway, because anytime you have a new painting and you want to upload it, you don't want to have to pay somebody else to update that site. And especially for artists, and I'm uh, we're going to get letters for this, John, I apologize, but most of the art, the websites that I've seen somebody claiming they make websites for artists. They're, they're no they're better ugly. than a beginner making it on their own. Yeah. They're, they're it ugly. looks like something yeah. out of the nineties. They, they really are. Don't jump into throwing money at somebody else to do that level of work for you. Go, you can go to Weebly. You can go to Wix. There are free websites well, just to get you yeah. started. And most of those look better than the ones I've seen people pay for. And uh, I'm making air quotes, an artist website. Well, and it's not just artists that we're picking on here no. that I'm not because it, those are it's just the same way with every industry. You can go to a dentist shop and you'll look at down at the bottom of their ugly website and it'll say design created by we create dentist websites.com or something yes. like that you know it's like okay yeah you found this little plug-in and you you thought that you would put this on top of wordpress and now you're going to sell it you're going to market it to all of these dentists you know same thing is true with artists and i it just i just cringe when i see that it's like it's not that hard to use one of these other cms's and just get started a content management yeah. system look and at do Weebly, it yourself look at wix yeah look at squarespace that's another good one there's several good cms's that yeah. you can use if you don't want to use wordpress yeah. wordpress is very very drop dead simple now as well. But if, if it intimidates you at the beginning, then look at some of those other ones that do the hosting as well. Yeah, the That's WordPress, the I love WordPress and that there's a lot of a, a built things that it can do, but it can get a bit confusing. And I understand where someone's like, yeah. you know what, this isn't for but, me. So if you've tried WordPress and you're like, I couldn't do it. This is why I had to hire someone. Go look at Wix or Weebly or one of the, there's other ones out there. Those are just yeah. top of my head ones. But let me just say this before we move on from this is with WordPress, the things that that may overwhelm someone that if they're not uh, tech savvy, I guess, um, would be installing it and getting it set up after it's set up. Let me let me just encourage you today. If you're if you're overwhelmed by that, the monthly costs of hosting a WordPress site for most artists starting out is going to be very, very small. And so if you are able to just pay someone a little bit to get it set up for you. You can do the updates yourself, and that's a really good way to go. So don't don't be duped into thinking that, oh, since I couldn't set it up, I can't even update it either. You can be taught how to do that as well. Okay, Really I'll good advice. There's hardware. a lot of YouTube videos that'll teach you how to do even it, the yeah. installs to begin with. But yeah, yeah. yeah. the initial but it, setup but was the Sometimes it just intimidates some people. Yeah, definitely. So the next parts of your business that you want to consider are the tech gear. Let's say you want to make videos. This was me. When I wanted to make videos, I had this little RCA flip cam that I duct taped to the shelving system that was behind my art easel. That is what I started with. And I used that for maybe three or four videos. Then I upgraded to a whopping $150, $99, I forget what it was. It was fairly inexpensive. It was a Samsung little 
camcorder, or it was an actual camcorder, and that's what I used for Back in years. Like 1982 or something? No, no, it was it was in the 2000s. Um, I probably bought it in like 2000 and I'd say 12 or 13. I think I bought it in 2012. But I mean, I used that for years and years and years to make YouTube videos, and nobody was complaining about the quality. It was good enough for YouTube. And well, th- back I think that's then, the it was probably have- 720p is what everybody was viewing, yeah. probably. And you have to think, too, when you're buying stuff, is it good enough? Yeah. Because more often than not, it is. Whatever that item may be, whether it be tech, whatever it is, you don't typically need the best of the best. And so that's one of the things where I've seen people who wanted to get involved with YouTube and they see the the gear that I'm using, whether it be my, like I just bought a new um, gaming laptop, which cost an arm and a leg and two toes, but it's really weird to walk right now. But this, you don't need that to start off with because I've had pe- a few people comment wanting to know the price and they I've seen where people are getting discouraged. Like, well, I'm not going to be able to buy that. You don't need that. I had enough money from the business I was able to invest back into it. To start off with, you start with whatever you have. If you're recording on your iPhone, do it. Just anything to get started. That little $150 or $99, and I cannot remember for the life of me what I paid for it back then, but that little camcorder, that thing worked great. I could probably still use it if I want if I wanted to, and it would be enough. You well, don't quite need, honestly. Yeah, you oh, don't need the best quite of the honestly, best to get. The- Sorry. Yeah, the, the, oh, I, I keep doing that to you. I'm sorry. We're both. This is a bad. We've both been doing it. I think our timing is just off on Skype right yeah. now. <laughs> but quite honestly, I mean, the iPhone uh, is going to record so much better than even a ca- few cameras, yeah. uh, camcorders would have back a few years ago. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a good way to go right now. Just start with a nice uh, smartphone. And even like, let's say you're editing what you're going to use as an editor right now mm-hmm. i'm using adobe premiere pro that whole bundle right. is something like i don't know 50 60 50 bucks, bucks yeah that is not what you need to start with it, right now i would definitely say get your photoshop and lightroom because that's what 10 bucks a month get that but as far as the video editors let's say you wanted to edit video and i'm using this as an example i'm not saying you have to get into editing video or doing any of that it's just a good example that you can apply to other aspects of your vi- your work maybe it's should i go buy the really expensive car to transfer my work or will a cheaper right. band work you know you've got to think of what it what is going to be a value so where we, oh, the video editor. You can use one. I was using PowerDirector for a long time, and that one was like $99 total. You bought that one out. Now they have a monthly thing you can do too. But you can even get some of their older versions for $30 or $20, and it works. Is it as good as Premiere Pro? No. Are most people going to notice a difference when they're watching your video? No. It, you, you know, you don't need to go out and get the most expensive thing you can do. Wait until you're making money. And then put it back into the business. Don't put yourself into debt, especially as an artist, because we never know when we're going to sell a painting. Don't put yourself into debt to get all of your business started. Go with the low end of things that, you know, besides the art supply, obviously, as an artist, we have to take in mind being archival. But as far as the tech stuff, the website stuff, what kind of desk you're using, what kind of frames you're using, all of these things, you don't need to go top of the line on that. It's not going to make your artwork look any better. And I promise you, it is not going to make that big of a difference, if any difference, on the sales. Yeah, you know, another thing about Premiere Pro, I mean, I use that as well. I always have. But there are some other products that are also very inexpensive. And one of those made by Adobe. A lot of people uh, just kind of gloss over this one and don't pay it much attention. But 
It's uh, Adobe Premiere Rush, and it does nearly all the same things that Premiere Pro does. It's just a scaled-down version, and it's a good one to start out on, and you don't have to pay that premium price either for the CC. It is set up on CC, Creative Cloud, and you're paying a monthly subscription, but it's a lot less if you're getting one app instead of getting the entire suite uh, of apps. So it's a good one to start out on if uh, you're wanting to start doing video. Well, and with that too, anything that's a bit more simple is a better, I yeah, would recommend starting out is. with. I wouldn't yeah, I say would somebody too. who's never edited video to jump into Premiere Pro. Well, They're, no, it's overwhelming. I mean, it's used for movies even. They're starting to move from Avid over to Premiere Pro, even in Hollywood. So yeah, it is a full-scale editor and it is, it is a, a non-destructive editor. It's editing your files and remembering the memory uh, it stores in those production files, uh, what it's doing to those files. So it's, it leaves them unharmed in any way is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Premiere Pro is one of the reasons really I had nice. to just spend another, I, I sold off my arm and my shoulder, the other opposite shoulder to buy the desktop because You're I couldn't. really getting hacked up. I know. I know. I, I have very little limbs left. Luckily they'll grow. I've been, I, been I using been told Premiere Pro back. and I haven't have to give any of my, my body well, away. <laughs> no, it's my computer is really old and it just can't handle what I'm asking <laughs> it to do with, with yeah. all of the, the features that Premiere Pro does does but that's the thing you know it's very you you upgrade one thing and you end up having to upgrade another thing if you're older you know if you're starting out don't go the best on one thing well, well right. let's see i'm not this isn't coming out it, it makes sense in my head yeah, you said but you're essentially, older. <laughs> yeah, um how old are you? i'm not gonna get a, a camera that's a 4k camera and yeah. expect my five-year-old computer yeah. Okay. Well, I hope this has been helpful. And again, this is show 200. I'm so excited about that. And if you do like the show, go over and leave us a note over in the show notes there. Just leave a comment. Tell us that you like the show that you're listening and uh, what you like about it. And maybe throw out a suggestion for a future topic. We love to hear that. Um, and, you know, we do get those emails that you send. And I appreciate that. Um, unfortunately, Lisa and I just cannot address every single one of them. But who knows if you submit something, uh, there's a Q&A page set up over at sharpenedartist.com slash Q&A. You can uh, submit a show topic over there as well. And uh, we may just feature a particular topic that you submitted. So this is a weekly show and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.